All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, hope you're doing well. Um, it's your pal, Boiler Dowd. Um, looks like I've got a little bit of audio issue. It looks like I'm, that should help it. All right. Hope you're doing well. Um, it is Tuesday, October 5th, 425, an unusual uh, live cast in the late afternoon. Just trying to get something in uh, before uh, before the end of the day, as I've got a couple things pressing me on Wednesday and Thursday. Just a programming note, we're going to try to have a handsome hour later this week, uh, but we have not made any plan yet. I think we're going to look do the same thing, live recording, um, but this is bye week for your Boilermakers. They are 3-2 and two after losing to Minnesota, and um, some, some alarming stuff happened at Minnesota, of course. Uh, maybe the biggest one is the trend for the offense. That's three straight games that... Purdue has scored just 13 points, and um, in this era of college football, I don't think you can really keep doing that and expect to have any success. Uh, Purdue is uh, one and two in that same span as the offense is floundering around. We've seen Jack Plummer start two of those games and get pulled in the third quarter uh, versus Notre Dame and Illinois and relieved by Aiden O'Connell, and of course, Versus Minnesota, uh, similar type of situation. The offense was floundering around a little bit, and O'Connell stayed in for the entire game. He started the game, went all the way through. The biggest problem I have <laughs> with the loss at Minnesota, if they would have won, all of it would have been forgotten, and I'd be okay with it, and I think I can look the other way. But the inconsistent handling of the quarterbacks is really, really tough for me to swallow. I've talked about this before. Um, I, it's it, Play calling is an issue. It continues to be an issue. But when the offense stalled out in the third quarter and O'Connell stayed in the game, I think that was a pretty tough thing to swallow for the fair-minded Boilermaker fan, regardless of which quarterback you really want to see playing for Purdue. Um, it's tough to see because Plummer gets pulled when the offense stalls out, he said he was just wanting to mix it up. And this time, O'Connell stays all the way to the end. O'Connell, granted, moved the ball down the field, but then would make mistakes that would help the draw drives to stall out. He missed receivers multiple times. The nail in the coffin, of course, Purdue drove down the field in driving rain versus Minnesota, and uh, O'Connell threw an interception to end the game, uh, in the, to effectively end the game. And... Uh, Listen, I like O'Connell a lot. Uh, I like the fact that he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. I think you cannot argue that that's um, not a bad thing. That's, that's obviously a very good thing, especially with this offensive line and some of their struggles this, this year. But the the problems that I have with O'Connell uh, include his inability to kind of feel pressure. He doesn't. Uh, I can remember one play. So uh, in all fairness, he had a play that he extended, but he didn't get the ball down the field. But when a, when a pocket starts collapsing, he doesn't seem to sense it. And then his inability to escape because of his lack of foot speed or less foot speed than Plummer makes it tough. And I know Plummer has some limitations as well. Um, he tends to check down too much and not take the risk and throw into tight coverage. There's no doubt about it. But um, I would say you have two incomplete quarterbacks. So I guess what the message that Coach Brahm is sending at this point is O'Connell's going to be the guy. I guess. Um, it's a tough situation he's put himself in 
tough situation he's put the team in because now that you've messed around with the quarterbacks, it's uh, not a great thing. But some some positives on the day, I'd, I'd have to say, like there was a big positive offensively, and that was Garrett Miller really uh, he he developed during the game. Uh, that was good to see. He had a great play where um, uh, he he jumped a couple, literally jumped over two defender Minnesota defenders, and uh, you could see a bit of a swagger with him as he um, as he made the play. That was good to see. Uh, he literally uh, he broke his knee brace during that play because I think he tweaked his ACL a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, you could see his his kind of his countenance, his his swagger, his his body language changed after that point. And he made some big plays. Also, Purdue's been struggling to run the ball, and they really need to run the ball because it was so wet. I cannot convey how driving that rain was for about an hour straight. Literally caused a waterproof jacket that I have to fail because um, we were in Ross Aid. But um, King Daru played great, and his vision was very good. He made a lot of quick moves. I think he took advantage of the fact that the field was wet, and it's tough for defenders to react sometimes uh, to. Um, uh, two hard cuts, and he was able to keep his feet. Really, really impressive. Um, so, uh, so there's some so there's some positives. There's no doubt about it. Milton Wright made some tough catches in the rain. He had a, I think he had a drop too, but he had some tough catches. Really, really good to see. Um, Jaquez Cross looked better with another week under his belt. That was nice to see. Um, uh, uh, Greg McManus has a great point. I was in Ross Aid. But nobody comes into Ross Aid. And I can tell you the funny thing about nobody coming to Ross Aid, last couple of weeks have been pretty darn good uh, performances by the fans. Purdue, Purdue fans have, have uh, fought through some uh, unexciting football at times, uh, to say it nicely. Um, one thing that's great, continues to be great, is that the, um, the defense is solid. Uh, we've, we've talked about this week in, week out. One thing Golden Black and Brian Newbert specifically talked about is that the defense doesn't get any turnovers, though, and that's a big deal. The The game almost felt like it pivoted immediately when O'Connell was stripped and it gave Minnesota a short field. Then they threw the ball in the end zone, I think, two plays later. The ball looks like it hit the ground in the stadium. I didn't even know this happened. I got tons of texts of people saying that that should have been reviewed. It was not reviewed. Of course, the officials didn't make the right call because they're Big Ten officials doing what they do. And... Um, yeah, that was that. Uh, that seven points obviously was important since that was the margin of the game. Minnesota played a controlled brand of football. Their defense looked solid. They kind of kept Purdue at an arm's length. Um, Purdue drove the ball pretty darn well down the field twice. Um, just couldn't just couldn't put in the end zone. And the red zone offense struggles continue. Uh, special teams had had some struggles in that Purdue missed a field goal, but I can't. Again, I will reiterate the importance of that water falling from the sky. It was not like rain. It was like buckets falling at times. It was very, very rainy. Um, you saw on the telecast that cheerleaders were doing belly flops in the mud. It became muddy really fast, really sloppy. It was kind of fun, though, because it wasn't super cold. It wasn't cool at all. It was warm, so that made it somewhat pleasant. But it was driving rain to the point where you know it just felt like you were getting dumped on. Um it was it was bad. John Junger, young, younger Junger, sorry. John says uh, felt like he was standing in a shower for three hours, and I agree. I kept waiting for it to let up, and I was like looking at the map, and I was like, oh, that's not gonna let up. Um, so uh, tough Saturday. Purdue falls to three and two. I think a lot is still in front of them if they can figure some things out. Um, for me, 
the quarterback situation is huge. It's absolutely huge. Uh, Purdue's defense needs to create turnovers. <laughs> Purdue's defense needs to score. Let's be real honest. The way the offense looks right now, and I always say, I always say this when I'm in the stadium, when Purdue defenders make a play, you better score the touchdown because it just looks like this offense is going to struggle. And uh, right now, a confluence of factors, uh, whether it be um, Brahms play calling, still being down Payne Durham, still being down Xander Horvath, which I don't think made that much of a difference. Doru did a great job catching the ball in the backfield. He blocked well, and he ran well. So we can't really use the Horvath thing, although it'd be good to have a second big back. Obviously, Horvath's important. Um, Payne Durham is important. But Garrett Miller stepped right in and really kind of gave us the production that we come, we've come to expect from Durham as well. Um so John says his name is John Younger, and thank you. I appreciate the clarification. Um, but um, defense can get better. Uh, Greg McManus reminds us that takeaways are extremely important, and they are. But this defense is awfully, awfully good. Trice did not play. He dressed, came out of the tunnel. I was really excited to see that. And then I think he was just testing it out. I don't know um, what the reason he didn't play, but he did not play. So that's about it. Purdue has a bye week next week, and... Um, I'll, I'll have another quick cast or live cast for you in the next uh, seven to ten days, and we probably will have a handsome hour. Do appreciate you um, uh, tuning in and listening. And um, if you have any thoughts, leave them in the comments. Uh, talk to us in, on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. God bless you. Hammer down. Have a great day, and uh, hopefully our boilers are going to figure a thing or two out during this bye week. We'll see you.